Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What is up, church? It is me again. <laughs> I don't know why I like doing that. It's seriously so silly. However, I do it. So there you go. Creature of habit. Yes, that is me. Um, how's everyone doing? I will pause to wait for your response. Lovely. Fantastic. Good to hear it. Glad everyone is doing well. Oh boy, I just got back from walking my dog. Um, it is rainy out here in Tejas, and our dog can't be outside during the rain because, you know, he's a big sloppy dog that will get in the mud. And so I feel like when it's raining season out here, he's almost like in prison. You know, it's like, oh man, he can't go outside. He can't do anything. So there's a break and a lull in the old weather pattern. So I'm like, you know what, let's take advantage and let's take him outside and run him around the block. And that's like a mile plus or minus around our neighborhood. And he loves it. So that was his treat and mine. I got to do a little exercise. So what's up? And let me think a little bit about what do I want to talk about with this podcast today? And it's Aiken, dude, straight up Aiken. Um, I'm in Joshua right now. If you can't tell the last podcast was about Rahab. I've made it all the way to chapter six, seven, eight, and nine. And we're going through with the <clears throat> story of Achan. Achan. <laughs> I want to say Achan, but whatever. It's Achan. I'm Achan. Um, so, dude, it's so funny when you read the Old Testament how it's so, it's so easy to look at them and be like, oh, what are you doing? Like, what were you doing? Like, isn't it crazy? Like to, to, to look at their situation. And so to set up the story of Bacon really sets up in verse or in chapter six of Joshua, uh, verse 18, where Joshua is telling them we're about to go destroy the city, do all the things. And like, but it says, Verse 18, but as for you, keep yourselves away from the things under the ban, which are to be destroyed so that you do not covet them and take some of the things under the ban for personal gain and put the camp of Israel under the ban doomed to destruction and bring disaster upon it. All the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy, consecrated to the Lord. They shall go into the treasure of the Lord. Right? So that's 18 and 19. Um, and we all know the story of, uh, why did I literally just forget? Um, oh my gosh. Like what is wrong with me? <laughs> oh my, whatever. They go to the city. They, they go around it. Oh my, like literally, or, what are we, what are we talking about here? Jericho. Wow. Wow. I mean, is there a better example of forgetting a name? Like Jericho, how hard was that? I'm like, oh, just absolutely stunned. Um, anyway, so they go, they do the seven days around Jericho, they destroy the city, boom, they all go in. But that was all predicated like 21, you know, 
uh, Joshua 6, 21. They utterly destroyed everything that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and donkey with the edge of the sword, which is like, yeesh. All except Rahab and her family. For sure. Good job, Rahab. Way to do it. Way to be about it. Um, but you get that, that warning in 18. Like, do not keep yourselves from the things. Like, don't go near the things that you covet that'll cause you to sin. You know, that's what the warning that was given. And this is from Joshua saying this. This is coming from the Lord. They had just crossed the river Jordan on dry ground. Like the Lord had just shown up in the most significant way to like honor Joshua and to show that he was with Joshua and with the Israelites and doing the things. And Joshua gives this very stark warning about what we are not to do is cover the things of Jericho. If it's gold and silver and stuff like that, bro, that goes to the Lord. Everything else to the sword and nothing to you. Like your reward is God being with you. That is the reward, him honoring you, giving you the land, all the goodness. Because remember, this is land of milk and honey, bro. This is the good stuff. This is a 40-year travel time. You know what I mean? This is the, this is finally, we get to get it. But Aiken. But Aiken. Dude, but the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully. This is the very beginning, verse one of seven. Chapter seven says, but the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully and violated their obligation in regard to the things off limits under the ban, those things belonging to the Lord. For Achan and his lineage, the tribe of Judah, uh, son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, which I think is interesting that he's from the tribe of Judah. Like that always makes it, and interesting for me, like the tribe of Judah. Judah's tribe was just Shady McShaderson from the word go. Like, you know, Judah's the one that said, hey, let's send Joseph into slavery. Judah's the one that redeemed himself by offering himself for Benjamin with, with uh, Joseph when that whole situation was going down. Judah slept with his daughter-in-law uh, when he didn't give away his son properly because his Ur and Og, whatever, his two firstborns were all sorts of evil. You know, he married a Canaanite, which he wasn't supposed to do. Like, there's just a whole, I don't know, you can get lost in a rabbit hole. Like, Judah was like, it's just weird, the tribe of Judah. You know what I mean? But that's the tribe that was blessed, like, out of the tribe of Judah, like Jesus. So it's like, phew, you know, who are we to judge, basically? And that's exactly what I think about when I talk about Achan. Like, he took stuff. And his anger and the anger of the Lord burned against the Israelites. Like, that's the crazy part. Like, Achan went all selfish and shady and just was like, doo doo, you know, hey, what did he take? Let's just think about what he took. Like, this is like the Lord gave him specific instructions, and you have to flip over into seven, uh, chapter seven, verse 21. When I saw among the spoils in Jericho a beautiful robe from Shinar, and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. I wanted them and took them. Dude. So for 250 shekels, basically, of gold and silver, which I don't quite know that conversion ratio, but hey, let's just call it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, whatever. And a robe, a robe, a beautiful robe that he buried. It wasn't like he could ever wear it. You know what I mean? Like he couldn't wear that robe because the people would know where he got it from. 
Like like there was no opportunity to ever wear that robe, but that is just crazy how he saw it and he wanted it. Like his flesh saw a beautiful thing and money and was like, yep, taking it. Yoink, 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 yoink. You know what I mean? Like that's mine. That's mine. Break yourself, Jericho. Um, That's crazy, right? Under like the start, like they, like, Joshua had just said, do not go near that stuff. Like, get it away from you because it's the Lord's. Like, don't, like, you know what I mean? And then, oh, this is the brutal part. Like, so what happens? Like, they they cast stones, they cast lots, I should say, and they figure out that it's Achan. And they go to Achan and Joshua's like, dude, seriously, come on, bro. Like, I need you to be honest with me. Level with me. Like, what happened? What'd you do? What'd you do, man? that's what he tells him. You know what I mean? And you, you gotta, uh, and he's like, I buried it next to my tent. Like, you know, and he, oh my gosh. Uh, or buried it in my tent. So they run, they go check it out. He's for sure, like for sure, grabbed all of it and did all that stuff. And that's just kind of, you know, womp, womp, Bummerville, Aiken. And this is the part that's uh, it's like, like, wow. So verse 24, uh, 724. Then Joshua and all Israel, all Israel, the entire nation of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the royal robe. So it was a royal robe. That's kind of why I was so, you know what I mean? The bar of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and everything that he had. And they brought them up to the Valley of Echor. Like, Every like even his tent, dude. They didn't even want his. You know what I mean? Like a tent stake, a rope, anything that was Aikens, everything that was Aikens, everything, family, possessions, all of the stuff he took. They took up to the Valley of Acre, which is disaster, and they stoned him. Then all Israel stoned them to death with stones, and I think we like kind of. I heard recently what the stoning process was like. Um, and it wasn't like they just started throwing rocks. They actually first broke your limbs so you couldn't run away, which just changed the whole idea. Like I was just like, you know, you think of stoning, like you're just hoping someone just chucks a rock and just hits you in the dome clean and knocks you out. Like best case scenario, I would imagine in a stoning is that one and done knockout punch and then they just do, do the damage on you afterwards. But that's not the case. If this, what I was like, they, they would break the limbs of the people so they couldn't run away. Cause obviously, yeah, you're gonna start running, dude. Like I'm going to start chugging it, man. Like if you can, if you can outrun your stoning mob, well, then you win, dude. Like props to you, hand raise, blue ribbon, way to go, dude. Way to be about running away from the stoning versus standing there and taking it like a champ on the chin. So they would break the limbs of those that were being stoned and then stoned them like, ugh, double whammy, dude. Like uh, obviously your legs, clearly that's the limbs that we're talking about. They break your legs. So imagine your knee, right? Which is going to be excruciating. And then you just get pelted with rocks, like heavy rocks. They just bash you in the head and body and everything else with rocks. Like, oh, horrible, horrible. And this happened to all his stuff, like his family. And you know what I mean? Like, like you know what I mean? Like they killed, like they stoned everything. So I imagine, I, I mean, I hope they took the sword to the animals. I hope they didn't stone the animals because that sounds horrifically un, unkind. You know what I mean? In my own sensitive ears. 
but they might have, they probably did. I don't know if the Lord had stoned them all, then bro, you listen, you know, but it's amazing how his disobedience and his sin just had a ripple effect through all of Israel. Cause remember the next, the next moment, what we kind of skip over is a little bit is like the, the Israel's defeated at I, AI. Ooh. Um, they, you know, the scouts like, hey, to send a couple thousand, three thousand people up there, this is a small village and everything else. But, the, but because the Lord wasn't with them, they got, they got absolutely romped. You know what I mean? Thirty-six men died. Uh, there are about thirty-six of uh, AI killed about thirty-six of Israel's men and chased them from the gate as far as the bluffs of, Sh- of Shebarim and struck them down as they descended. Um, so, like, you, uh, uh, I mean, you imagine all of them died. Because like AI killed 36 men. And then as they chased, they struck them down as they descended the steep pass. So the hearts of the people melted. This is uh, chapter seven, verse five. So the hearts of the people melted in despair and began to doubt God's promise. And they became like water disheartened. They had just crossed Jordan dry. They had just destroyed Jericho with a walkathon and some trumpets. This, like, you know what I mean? They had seen all these amazing things, but because of Achan and his sin and his disobedience, the Lord's favor was gone. The Lord was not with them. And that is like, what? And even hear it say, uh, like, um, the Lord, uh, 712 says, I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the things under the ban from among you. That's what the Lord says to Joshua. Like, it's easy, man. You either obey or you go it alone. There is no gray area with me. There is no middle ground. And we we read this story and it's so easy. Like, Aiken, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? Like, what a decision, man. What a decision. And of course, as always, I read it through my lens. And like, why am I judging Aiken when I've made the same decisions repeatedly? Like repeatedly, I've gone after the flesh. I've gone after the beautiful robe. I've gone after the gold. You know what I mean? I've gone after the things of this world, the sin. This, and then this is that's, that's the sin. Like, let's just go back to what he talked about. Like verse 18, chapter six. But as for you, keep yourselves away from the things under the ban which are to be destroyed. Keep yourselves away from the things of this world that are not for you. And keep yourself away from the things that are for God. Like, like honor the Lord with, his, with what is his. That, is, that, that could be spoken to every single one of us today. That same exact command from the Lord. Keep yourselves from sin. Things that will defile you. Things that will cause separation between you and me. I can't walk with you when you're doing those things. And honor me with what is mine. Like that's being said to the Israelites here, you know. And for good reason. And if you don't, you put the, like, like this is the crazy, but the warning was for the whole entire group. Do not covet them and take some of the things under the ban for personal gain and put the camp of Israel under the ban, doomed for destruction and bring disaster upon it. So like these actions bring disaster upon more than you. They bring it upon your camp. They bring it upon the people. Like this warning was like, if you, on your personal sin, you're infecting the group. And that's like, you know what I mean? Like that's so powerful to think about that. Like, all right, Lord, 
Achan, how could you do that? Well, Daniel, how could you do that? Daniel, how could you go after the things of the world? And we can really say Achan was, was a combination of lust and trust. It was a combination of lusting after those things, but, but wanting them because not trusting what the Lord was providing. If you, if you really think about Achan's sin, it was like he wanted the money. Why? Well, he didn't trust money. What does money give you? Power, influence, ability to do things. Well, then he didn't, he didn't trust that the Lord was going to do that for him. He didn't trust that the Lord was going to be his provider. The Lord was going to provide him with all that he needed. Hence, give me gold. Give me, give me the things of this world that, that give me power and that give me prestige and give me place. They give me influence. Give me those things because I don't trust the Lord to do it for me. That's where he stole the gold and silver. It's the only reason because it had value to him for the things that it could do because that's not trusting the Lord. And then give me that beautiful robe. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It was a royal robe. So beautiful. I want it. That's the fleshly desire. And we do that. We make bad decisions. We, me, again, always me. Um, I make bad decisions based on not believing that the Lord is my provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. I, I will make decisions questioning how good he is. Isn't that dumb? Isn't that dumb? Like to think that I'm going to make a decision that because he's not. You know what I mean? Like, like that whole thought process just baffles me, but I do it. I've done it. I work hard not to clearly. And when I catch myself, I, I try to quickly repent, but that doesn't mean I don't let fear creep in. And that's the big thing about Joshua. You, you kind of read it like, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Like I'm with you. I'm with you. If I'm with you, if you'll, you know, chew my words, you know, be, be a student of the, of the law. Like, you know, all the things like being in obedience to me means you should not fear because I am with you. The Lord is with us if we're in obedience. And so, but the moment we're not in obedience, then for sure, you know, fear. Fear the Lord then. Fear the situations, fear the world when the Lord's not with you because it's brutal. Hence, I, the, the battle, the king of I and his people destroyed the Israelites. You know what I mean? Because the Lord wasn't with them. And then they were just left on their own devices. And that's brutal for all of us, you know? And so I look at Achan and I'm like, man, I've been Achan so often. Um, I have been in a situation of blessing. I've been in a, a moment of just, ah, and then I've taken it back. You know, and most recently the example was when I had that like down spell of like being frustrated and everything else. It's like, dude, I was walking in blessing, walking in obedience to the Lord, walking with what he was doing, loving his presence. And then in a moment, I had just, you know, walked through the river Jordan. I had just got, walked on dry ground. I've just seen the miracles of the Lord and all these things. The presence was so near, you know, all that stuff. And then in a moment, I took it back. In a moment, I reclaimed it because of what? Fear? I mean, maybe fear. But what, what it really was is not trusting the Lord. What it really was was not believing the things he's spoken over me, not believing his word, and not standing on it. Thinking that I had to do something, that I had to, that I had to be a part of this. And don't get me wrong, I think we all play a part. Like that, like, you know, kind of like we just read in Rahab. Like our faith has action. But we all know when we're operating out of faith 
are operating out of a striving, out of a self, I got it, I've got to do something, you know what I mean? And, 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 and that's where that whole James, like faith and works, faith and works. It's like, no, no, no. my works are, are a result of faith. My works, my faith produces works, not I'm working because I don't have faith. And I just, the Aiken man, I read it and I was like, ugh, Aiken, you're an idiot. And then I'm like, oh, wait, Daniel, this story's about you, dude. This story's about you. And a lot of us, if we're, if we're being really honest with ourselves, a lot of us are Aiken. A lot of us will be just going through an amazing season and then bam, temptation, bam, lust, bam, the flesh. Bam, we'll start questioning. Did it? Was it? Did he? Am I supposed to? You know? And I've had so many of those seasons where it's like, I like ping, like, you know, like peak and valley, you know, you just go these super high, then all of a sudden, wah, wah, you know, like you hit the buzzer. It's like, oh, no, no. Well, how did I get back to this spot? How did I get back? What, what changed between that moment of trust and believing to today? Not him, not the Lord. The Lord is, you know, that's what's so crazy is that how can any one of us, if we truly are reading the word or knowing the Lord, can, can, can question any of it? You know, like, like how do we sit there and like have doubt? Man, but we do. I do. I'll, I'll get doubt. Like, did he say that? And I think most of it happens because it's not in a timeline that we think is sufficient. <laughs> Our impatience, my impatience, my impatience. I am a microwave generation. You know what I mean? Like I, I want it now. Do me a favor. That's good. I need that thing. When do I need it? Right now. How about tomorrow? Nah, tomorrow's all right, but today's right now. You know, and we forget that the Lord doesn't have a timeline like that. His promises are true regardless, but we expect to see promises in a reasonable timeline and our reasonable timeline is almost always horrifically wrong. You know, like it's his time, it's his will, according to the things that are good for, you know, I mean, like we, we, we doubt the promises because we don't see them according to our understanding. And I, and I, and imagine Aiken in his moment was probably not, he clearly wasn't thinking about the consequences. He clearly wasn't thinking about what his actions were really saying, what faith level he was really promoting, and how it was going to. Imagine had you told Aiken, and and he was told that that all these things would happen to the nation. But imagine him telling, like 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 sitting down and saying, "Hey Aiken, before you go that rope, is it worth the life of your wife, of your your sons and your daughters?" Sorry, the alarm goes off for me to read my scriptures. Um, is it worth those things? Is are the shekels in that robe as beautiful as they are? Are they worth the cost? Is the juice worth the squeeze? Of course not. Of course not. Not even, not even close. I don't know. Would there have been any sum of money or possession or any of that that you could have put in front of Aiken and then put his family on the other side and said, that's yours, but then you die? Like, no, of course not. Of course, of course not. Of course not. But that's our sin. That's the same situation we get put into all the time. Like, like, look, all right, Daniel, is that 
untrusting the Lord and desire for these things, is that worth, is that worth your faith? Is that worth your connection to the Lord? Is that worth you walking in obedience to the Lord? I'll make it very personal. Is that food item worth your obedience? So often I said yes. So often I've said yes to sin, yes to gluttony, yes to the things of the world, yes to my flesh, knowing good and well it wasn't what the Lord wanted for me, knowing good and well it was not being obedient. And I made the decision anyways. Oh, what a bummer. Like, what a bummer. That's what Aiken did. That's what I do. That's why I said this, this I am Aiken. Like, you know, he was given strict, we, we, we've all been given a strict understanding of consequences and behavior and what that looks like. Thank the Lord we operate under grace and there's forgiveness and there's repentance. That, that's the bummer part. Aiken didn't get that. He didn't get the opportunity to repent. He didn't get the opportunity to get right before the Lord. He was stoned and his family with him and all of his possessions. Thank God we didn't walk in that time. Thank God we don't walk in that time of Achan because how many of us would have been stoned? How many of us would have made the same decision and then been like, eh, yep, I didn't think that one through. That's a real bummer, you know? But we get this amazing opportunity to be, like to, to have the Holy Spirit repent us, to check us, to, to get in front of God and make it right, to get in front of the Lord and say, wow, I messed up. Man, I missed that opportunity. Holy Lord, I am so sorry. Like, forgive me. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, Lord. But mostly that, correct my heart. Like, let me get back in obedience. Let me get back into right standing with you. Let me regain our like your your presence in my life like that is the the part that we don't get from Aiken that we get today and i'm so thankful for that oh toledo i'm so thankful for that on a daily basis i'm thankful for that you know thank you lord for letting me come back into your like like i can boldly come before you now because of the blood of christ oh thank you thank you thank you lord that I'm not Aiken. <laughs> that I don't live in the era of Aiken. That I don't live in the time of Aiken where, where disobedience was, was, was punished by death. I mean, look at all of Israel. Everyone who came out of Israel died because of their lack of faith and lack of obedience. All of them. The promises that were promised to them, they're supposed to be to them and were given to their sons. You know, I, wow, there's so much we can learn from that. There's so much we can learn from, from Achan. Oh man, what does our sin cost? Who does our sin affect? Who does it impact? It's not just us. Yes, the wages of sin is death. That's for us, absolutely. But is your sin affecting your family? I know my dis- when, I, when I'm behaving poorly, food-wise, gluttony-wise, it affects my wife. You know what I mean? Because it affects my walk. It affects my, my connection to the Holy Spirit, which impacts how I behave around my wife. I'm not as friendly. I'm not as nice. I'm not as loving. You know, I'm more irritable. I'm more sensitive to things because I'm not walking with grace. I'm walking with gluttony. And man, 
So like, I, 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 like, isn't that crazy? I can make that willful decision to walk in disobedience and knowing it's going to impact my walk with the Lord primarily. That's the fear of the Lord not having it. And then it's going to impact my, my, the most important relationship in my life besides the one with the Lord is my wife and all other relationships. Like, like, like it's a domino effect, a ripple effect out. That sin just permeates into all the things I'm doing, how I treat my friends, how I pray for people. How I pray in general, like, like that's the decision that I make when I, when I decide, yes, I'm going to be aching today. Such a bummer. Such a bummer to know that, but we don't think about it that way. You know, like we don't think about sin like that. We don't put sin in the proper place of how bad it is. We don't, we just don't, I don't, you know, we justify it. It's just a cookie. (laughs) It's just a dumb cookie stupid cookie. You know what I mean? I don't even like cookies. That's how sad that is. I'm not even a cookie fan, except the white chocolate macadamia nut cookie from Subway. Come on. Can we talk about, can we talk about how good that is? Oh, it's so good. So good. That's the only really cookie. Oh, oh, I take it back. There's some people from our church that make whole, like two people specifically I'm referring to, like there's this peanut butter, no bake cookie. And this like, Crumble s'more cook. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain them. They're amazing. Anyway, why am I? Why am I? Why am I talking about that? That's, that's, see, what I'm saying like I'm trying to. Oh, these cookies are so good. They're not. They're not worth it. They're not worth my walk. <laughs> Those cookies are not the devil, but my desire for them could be. Anyway, see how quickly you know what I mean. You start talking about stuff like that, like boom, left turn, right into it. You know, you can talk yourself into sinning by talking about how good something is. There's no cookie on earth. That's more important than the spirit of it. You know what I mean? Like that, that, my relationship with the Lord. There's no food on earth, but I, I will, I will, I will operate in that lack of wisdom, a lack of discernment. Let me rephrase that. It's not a lack. It's a willing disobedience. Like I'm aware of the things that I have a problem with, and I think most of us are, and we willingly choose the things we do and do not accept. Like there's certain sin I've removed so far from my life. There's certain things I have removed. You know what I mean? A lot of it is, is sexual in nature. I've removed it from my life. And when it comes near me, I, I run, I run. I'm like Joseph with Potiphar's wife. I flee from it, but there's other sin that I don't. Isn't that brutal? There's other sin that I tolerate, or I get a little too close to it, or I, you know what I mean? Like, the, like, wow. And it's weird. Anger, pride, um, judging, critical nature. And, and gluttony, like those are the ones that like I don't flee from. I don't put, I, I don't keep them far away. I don't heed the warning that Joseph or that that Joshua gave Israel. I don't heed the warning and, and say, hey, stay away from those things because they're going to bring destruction on you and your family and the entire tribe. I, I wish, and that's where my focus, like, all right, Lord, like, like the only way for me to achieve that is to be in obedience, to be in community, like, like, like community with people of believers, but also be in fellowship with the Lord, like be in proximity, be in that relationship where he's a part of my day, morning, noon, night, all the time. I'm readily aware of his presence in my life. That's how I, I, I don't fall into the Aiken trap. But I mean, it's just, oh gosh, it's just, I read it and I, I want to judge Aiken because that makes me feel better, but I can't because I'm like, man, I've been Aiken so many times and I'm so thankful that we're not there today. Um, and that things are, you know, things are pretty awesome. It's, it's, it's been a, an amazing, I'm, 
I can honestly say I'm having a, an amazing time with the Lord. My prayer life has been really good, getting much better. Um, what I'm praying for, how I'm praying, like like feeling his presence during my prayers, which is so fun. I don't know if you guys do that or how often you experience that, but like I'll be in the middle of prayer and like I'll just start crying or I'll just be overwhelmed by the words that he's truly hearing the words that I'm saying. Like, cause I'm coming with a sincere heart and it's so cool to feel that. And I'm like, oh Lord, this is the place I want to be in. And I, I want to get more of it and more of it and more of it. So then I read Aiken and I'm like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> Sorry, Lord. Um, anyway, so that was today. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy that I got this out. This is really fun for me. And uh, thank you, Diff Mix, as well, again, for doing this. I love it. You guys are awesome. And I will talk to all of you soon. Bye. You have been listening to What's Up Church Podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't. <laughs>